You ever read through uh, passages in Scripture and uh, you're like wrestling through, thanks so much, Harmony, appreciate it. Um, and you're wrestling through like, do you, like you've heard it before, but do you really believe it? Like, do you really live it? Tonight we're going to look at a thing, that we're not a thing, we're looking at a, a truth. It's a promise from a king. We've been talking about the king that we see throughout Scripture in the book of Matthew about how he has authority, he's the promised king, he's the good king that sits on the throne. He wants to sit on the throne of our heart, but he sits in authority over all of creation. And that king, out of his great love and mercy, his great grace and compassion towards every one of us, makes a promise to everyone in this room. And I've heard this promise before. I know about this promise. But it's one of those where when I've heard it this week, I've been really wrestling with, do I really live like I believe this promise? Do I really believe that when Jesus says this, he's being honest and real and true? Or do I believe he's just saying a poetic word for the people at the mountain? And so tonight, we're going to look at a promise from the king it's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. I'm going to take one of y'all's waters. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be what? Added to you. Bingo. How many of y'all have heard that before? You ever heard that verse before? couple people, right? It's a popular verse. You hear it oftentimes through different periods of life. But it says this, but seek first. Everyone say, but seek first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So what does that mean? That's a promise from the king. It's, a, it's an audacious promise. If you will just seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things, all this other stuff are going to be taken care of. So here's the deal. Whenever I was growing up, me and my dad, his name is Jerry. I call him Jero. I called him this afternoon, actually. I said, hey, I'm using an illustration tonight of a story. Do you remember the story? And I was talking to my dad today. My dad used to go hunting back in the day, and we would go, as when I was a kid, we had two different hunts you can go on, the morning hunt or the afternoon hunt. I loved the afternoon hunt for two reasons. One, I didn't have to wake up at 3.30 in the morning, right? Anyone with me out there? Any hunters out there? Like, yeah, I like the afternoon more. Yes. I did not want to wake up at 3.30 in the morning to go sit in a deer stand. I was struggling with that one. But another reason is because normally when I would walk to my stand, I would be so scared. Like walking when the pitch dark outside at 3.30 in the morning, you're just like, you can't see a thing. And especially if the moon's not out or if there's cloud coverage, you literally cannot see in front of you. And so my dad would always give me a flashlight, a little small flashlight. I think he got it from his work. It was not very good, but it got me enough to be able to see right in front of me, right? And so I remember my dad gave me this flashlight. We were loaded up in the truck. We made it out to Brownsville, Tennessee, and uh, no, it was Somerville. We were in Somerville, Tennessee. We got to Somerville, and my dad walks me about halfway to the stand, and his deer stand goes that way, and my deer stand goes that way, and so I had to either I had to walk another 
really about 100 yards until I got to my stand. He says, all right, you good? You got your flashlight? And uh, I had to make the statement to my dad that I forgot the flashlight in the truck. It's pitch dark. I can't see anything. I've been trailing behind him the whole time already. We get to this point, my dad's like, he's like, it's okay, son. He says, I'll walk you to your stand. And so I'm not kidding. I don't have my flashlight. I've been tailing behind him already. At this point, we're crossing some like, um, like some limbs that have been knocked down. We're going through the edge of the field. Then we cut inside the woods. And we've got this trail that we're trying to follow. And I promise the whole time, I'm hanging on to my dad's arm, super tight, right? And I'm, I'm just watching my step as I'm walking, clinging on to him. Normally, when I'm walking the stands, even with a flashlight, I am terrified. Because every couple feet, you hear something like, and you're like, was that a coyote? You know, that's what you think. Anybody can vouch with me? Anyone out there been hunting early in the morning? You're walking to your stand, and you swear Bigfoot's right around the corner. You promise, like, this is the day I'm going to be eaten by Bigfoot. Guaranteed. Yeah. That's how you feel. And then you're walking, and you're like, did I, is this the right way? I don't see my little, little flashers on the uh, side of the trees that I put up to make sure I know where to go to my stand. I can't find them, and I'm not kidding. There have been mornings where I... Could not find my stand. So I have to wait till the sun comes up to go find my deer stand. All the deer are gone. I don't even know why I'm in the woods that morning because it's just, I'm in shambles, right? I tell you that because here's the deal. When I didn't have my flashlight, even when I did have it, I was still very nervous, very worried, and struggling with going hunting in the morning. It was, it was a big ordeal. Man, whenever my dad was walking me in the stand, I'm telling you, I was just clinging on and I had no worries in the world. I was just hanging on to Jero and walking through the woods as a little kid, I remember over and over again. He walked me on a stand, get me up in the tree, and then head back to his. When Jesus makes this promise, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you, I think for me personally, for Corey O'Hara, I think so many times I walk through life with my little flashlight, worried about what's over the hill or around the tree or if I'm taking the best path or if I'm on the right direction to my stand, if the hunt's going to be a success, like all these things in life, I'm so worried and fearful and anxious about them. They're burdensome. It's like I I carry around weights on my shoulder. And some of you guys are resonating with what I'm saying right now because in your own life, you're carrying around these weights and worries and burdens on your own self that you're just worried about. Maybe it's being accepted. Maybe it's being popular at your school. Maybe it's dealing with things in your home, with your family. Maybe it's coming to the mix. Maybe you show up and you're like, I don't have a lot of friends at the mix. Where do I fit in? There's sixth graders in the room that I know. I'm going to be honest, you're probably a little nervous coming to the third floor, even this upcoming Sunday for life groups for the first time. There are worries that every one of you are dealing with in this season of life. And I want you to know that the worries don't go away when you get to high school. And they don't go away when you become a pastor and you're teaching from the Word of God. They don't just disappear one day. You're still faced with them. The question is, how will you respond? How will you respond? Will you cling to the King? 
to the Father who knows the way, who has all authority, who isn't worried about what's over the hill? Will you cling to him and just say, Lord, I'm going to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness and all these things that are on the outer perimeter, man, I'm just not going to worry about. Because I'm going to tell you, I think I've been living my life for my probably a lot of my past living in a state of worry and fear and anxiety. And just this week, the Lord has been peeling it back and saying, when will you realize that I'm a good king? When will you have faith that I'm going to take care of you? Look back, Corey, look in the rearview mirror. Have you not seen where the Lord has been faithful every step of the way? Where his goodness has followed me every step of the way. Yeah, there have been trials. Yes, there's been testing. Yes, there's been storms in my life. But none of the storms were too big or too strong or too monstrous for Jesus to say, be still. There was never a moment where I lacked something and I went home at night and said, I don't have it. I needed that and I didn't have it. The Lord has provided every single thing I've ever needed. So I ask you students today, Will you join me in seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and see that all these other things will be taken care of? I got notes. I got an outline. I'm not going to stick to the outline. I'm, I'm going to ditch it tonight. I'm going to tell you what I believe it means when he says, seek first. I think what he is saying that is, if you want to live in the blessings of the promise of the king, if you want to live in the blessings of the promise of the king, then this is what you need to do. You need to start making the king the priority. Seek first, right? If the king has not become the priority in your life, you're never going to reap the benefits of the blessings that the promise of the king has. You're going to miss it. So what does it mean to seek first? What does it look like to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness for your life? You're, you're in sixth, seventh, or eighth grade. What does that look like practically to say, I'm going to seek the kingdom of God in my life today? I do have a couple of scriptures I want to go to. One of them is about prayer. If you're going to really seek the kingdom, it begins by getting on your knees or getting in your bed at night and opening up a journal or laying your hands on your lap like this saying, Lord, I just want to talk to you. I want to pray and spend time with you. He says in Matthew chapter 7, he says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. He says, a father, even the fathers that we know, earthly fathers, if you were to ask for bread, would not give you a rock, right? That would be bonks. If someone says, hey, I would like a, what is it, a fish? I think he says a fish right there. I would like a fish. What father says, well, here is a anaconda, right? Like, who, like that is not what happens. He says, if earthly fathers know how to give good gifts, how much more does our heavenly father, the good king, know how to give good gifts to his children? So we ought to go to him in confidence, realizing that we have a compassionate, loving king that wants to hear you ask for things, wants to hear you talk about things, to put your needs at his feet and say, Lord, I'm going to give this to you. He longs for that in your life. He wants you to pray. Another way is reading the word. 
A lot of you guys brought your Bible here tonight. And I encourage you, if you're coming to the mix, I really do. I'm telling you, there's just something special about bringing a hard copy of the Word. Bringing a copy of the Word. I, can y'all, do y'all have a camera in here? No, y'all don't, maybe not. This is what I've got. If you were to look at my Bible, man, I take pens and highlighters, and man, I mark the stew out of Matthew right now. I'm loving it. I got a couple guys I meet with every week, and we're going through Matthew together, and they're asking me questions, and I'm asking them questions, saying, what did you learn this week from the Lord in the book of Matthew? Not from Corey, not from Pastor Gaines, not from their parents. What did God tell you this week in the Bible? And these guys are coming home with home runs, man. They're really loving it. And Grace Wade tells me stories about her girls that she's ministering with, Morgan and Grace, or Morgan and Garrett, and then Abby, and your leaders here. I'm just telling you, students, you can crack open with the Word of God and get a word from Him. He wants to talk. Like, the Lord's not, like, sitting up, like, in a far away. He's like, yeah, i got time a little bit later on, you know. He's, like, ready. He's like, I want to give you a word today. Will you allow me to sit with you and give it? It's, I'm not saying you got to be a scholar. I'm not saying you got to go teach a Bible class on Tuesday. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, before you go to bed at night, grab your Bible and say your phone or your Xbox controller or your Lord of the Rings novel. I don't know, whatever you read at night, I don't know. Grab the Bible. Not just praying and reading, but it's also in obeying. Obeying the word. It says in Matthew chapter 7, whoever hears my words and does them is like a wise man. Y'all heard that story, right? Jesus says, whoever hears my words, hears the word of God, hears the teaching of Jesus, and obeys them, does them, lives in them. This is what he says. It's so good. He says he's like a wise man. And when the storms came, man, he stood firm. He was planted. He was rooted. I can think about the storms in my life. If I didn't have this, was living in this, or sustained by the Lord himself, man, I don't know where I would be. If you want to start seeking the kingdom of God, it begins with prayer. It begins with reading the word. It begins by obeying the word. I could keep going. There's so much more in here. I'm, I'm going to stop there. There's more about repentance. There's more about the fruit of the spirit in your life. We could talk about all these. I'm just telling you, students, the key to seeking the kingdom isn't some crazy like formula. It's just spending time with the Lord. It's seeking his righteousness, seeking his kingdom. Seeking what he has to say to you and what he wants to do in your life. Does that make sense? Y'all with me? Can you give me a head nod? Y'all with me there? Do y'all think y'all could do that? A lot less head nods right there. Do you think you can do this? Is it like too far out of reach where you're like, that's for pastors and Grace Wade. You know, like that's the only two people who can do this. Right? Yeah? Is that what you're thinking? I want you to look at the person next to you and say, you can read the Bible. No, no, no. Y'all didn't say it confident. Tell them like you really did. Like, you can. You're their motivational speaker right now. Tell them they can talk to God. Yeah, amen. That's perfect. Think about it. What if all of you went home tonight and said, I'm just going to spend a couple minutes before I go to bed, grab my Bible, 
I don't even know where I'm going to read yet. Maybe Matthew, maybe James, maybe starting Genesis at the very beginning. I don't know where I'm going to start, but I'm going to pick somewhere, and I'm just going to read the Bible. And I'm going to start, I'm going to grab it and say, Lord, I want to hear from you. Boom. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And the body more than clothing? So good. Look at the birds. They neither sow, they don't reap, they don't gather. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them every single day. Are you not more valuable than them? Why should I not worry about all those things? Because God says I'm more valuable than the birds of the air the ones who have been fed every single day. They don't work for it. They don't go collect a paycheck. They don't go to McDonald's and flip burgers for a living. They don't do any of that, but they are fed every single day. The Lord takes care of them, and he says, are you not more valuable? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? How many of you can be anxious and worried and Fearful about things, and that's going to fix things, solve things. He says, there's no one. He says, why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies. Consider the flowers. We, we just looked at the birds of the air. He says, consider the lilies of the grass. How they grow, and they neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, who was a mighty man in the Old Testament, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grasses of the field, which today are alive and tomorrow thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Does God not value more than the birds, and does he not provide for you more than the flowers? That's what we're getting right there. He cries, oh man, this is so good. Jesus literally shouts out to the people, the disciples on the Sermon on the Mount, He's chilling on the mountain, teaching this passage, and he says, oh, you of little faith. You know how many times I've been reading through Matthew? He says it over and over again to these guys. Like, you would think, like, that might be, like, I'd be like, geez, like, you need to settle down a little bit, right? He is calling them out for little faith over and over again. When they're in the boat and the storm's on them, he's like, you have little faith. They're going to feed the 5,000. They just saw God feed 5,000. A little bit later, 4,000 people show up, and they're like, what are we going to do? And he's like, you little faith. Did you not see what I just did? He says it again when they're talking about the leaven. He's like, you little faith. Do you not get this? And I'm telling you, students, I resonate. This is me. I am the one of little faith. Corey, ye of little faith. Because I walk through my day with burdens and fears and worries, thinking that I've got to figure it out and solve it all, and I'm worried about what's coming the next day and when it's got to be done and all these things. And I'm telling you, I believe the Lord's telling Corey O'Hare today, do you not think that God values you and will provide for you everything else? Like, will you not take good care of you? Would you not just seek me? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Right? So students, let me ask you the question, the same question I am wrestling with today. Do you see the compassionate love that Jesus has for you? Yeah. 
Do you see that he's saying to you, I long to provide everything you need. I want to take care of you. If you would just, remember what I said earlier about my dad? If you would just grab onto that arm and through prayer and reading and obeying, would you seek first the kingdom of God and all of Jesus' righteousness? Would you not just do those things and see God take care of you for the entire journey? Some of you right now are wrestling. You're saying, how do I do this? Well, this is what we're about to do. I've talked a long time tonight. This is what we're about to do. I'm going to turn it over to your small groups. And I'll really zone in right here, right here, before you all close your Bibles and put your journals up right here, before you move at all, right here. They're going to ask you questions. I'm going to tell you what they are. They're going to ask you this question. What does it look like to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We just talked about that, right? Y'all know that answer. What does it look like to do that? You do what? Read, pray. What was the last one? And obey. Read, pray, and obey. That's right there, okay? I'll just give you the first answer. Pop quiz, you got already 30%, okay? Or maybe it's 25. I don't know what we're on. Is there anything in your life that you are anxious about right now? When God makes promises like the one in Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you, what does that say about the kind of king that Jesus is? And then lastly, what are ways you can live out the promise that Jesus is giving today?